I mean, I get that. I like, uh, I like Rachel and I like Phoebe. My favorite Phoebe moment is <laughs> when she, uh, her, she's trying to get Monica's cookie recipe mm-hmm. or, or no, Monica is trying to get Phoebe's grandma's cookie recipe and she's like isn't there a distant relative that has it somewhere and she's like Nestle Toulouse. Uh, she's like yes. yeah my the, it was a french recipe uh from nestle to lauza and she's like what and she's like nestle to lauza and she's like nestle toll house yeah. and she's like oh you americans always butcher the french language and she's like phoebe and she throws in the pack and she's like is this the recipe and she's like yes and then she's she looks down at the floor at, at her grandma and she's mm-hmm. like it's reasons like this which is why you're burning in hell <laughs> <laughs> But we are not here to talk about friends today. Kids, welcome to another mini-sode of my spooky gay family. Hello, Sam. Hello, Pissy. How are you? I'm good. I'm exhausted. You you seem a little tired today. Yeah, no, I'm fine. It's it's fine, though. I have Red Bull. <laughs> I had a cup of coffee immediately when I woke up today. I was like, I am just not prepared for the, what is about to happen today. <laughs> I am now ready and willing and and prepared for what is bright eyed and bushy tailed. L- let's not go. get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I am not bright eyed nor am I bushy. Uh, I am just enough bright and just. What am I talking about? I have no idea. I'm I'm apparently not as awake as I thought <laughs> I was. <laughs> but anyway. All right, kids, this is another mini-sode of my spooky gay family. We are uh, very excited because it is another movies that made us gay. And this one went, like, a long way to it because it actually has, like, explicit gay content in it. It's not just implied. And was a movie made in the 90s, which is very meaningful because (laughs) gay movies in the 90s were not as common as they are today. They are not, although... It's. I would not necessarily call this a gay movie. I mean, this is. Uh, it is. It's a cult gay movie. Yes, it like, is not. It is a, a. It is a movie that gays love. It's not like Moonlight, but it is. It yeah, is. No, it's not. But I'm a cheerleader. Yeah. It's. You know. No, which we should do one day. Oh, we're absolutely doing. But I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> Any Especially excuse I have to see Clay and Duvall like. To, to see Clay and Duvall just making out with girls is is an, is it's an excuse I'm gonna take. You know. I'll, I'll color you shocked. That's not something that I usually look for in a film. I understand that, and that's fine. You don't You don't have to. What's your favorite Clea Duvall movie? Probably, but I'm a cheerleader. Um, yeah? Yeah, like, I mean, as much as I love The Faculty, like, there, I there's I was going to say The Faculty is there probably There are some mine. issues with Clea Duvall's character in that film. <laughs> well, Which we yeah. don't need to get into I mean, today. <laughs> literally, any, any movie that has... Even vaguely queer representation yeah. before the year like 2015 yeah. is going to be problematic. And honestly, in 30 years, 
all of the movies we think are great today will probably, we'll probably be, be problematic. Be problematic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope not. But you know, I mean, I hope not. But anything could happen. You know, you that's the thing. You never know how times are going to change. And that I hope that the movies right now are good, not that. No, I know. I understand, I understand what you're saying. But that's what I'm saying. It's like you never know how times are going to change. You never know how how people's minds are going to change about the way they want to be represented. And that's fine. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but you it's know. not. But we're not talking about that today anyway. No, <laughs> that's a totally separate conversation yeah. for a day when I've and had a lot more caffeine. Yeah, seriously. One way too serious to have on a mini set. I know. So. <laughs> today we are talking about a movie that came out in 1996. And, you know, come to think of it, 1996 was a big year for gay movies. It was. There was this movie. There was The Birdcage. Mm -hmm. uh, there were other movies. Scream. Scream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you consider Scream a gay movie? I mean, I consider... Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan. Yeah. <laughs> to have made that movie a gay movie for me, personally. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll roll with that. Skeet Ulrich made that movie a, a gay movie for me. I remember as a little kid, not a little kid, uh, a, a young little, little queerling thinking like not understanding yet that I was gay or what gay was, but that I really, really wanted to be friends with Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> Does that make you just, sense? You just felt drawn to him. I was like, I would really love to like go to the movies with Skeet Ulrich. Before or after he started killing all his friends. Uh, does it matter? <laughs> Less there, competition. There are, there are some people who might argue. You know, Less, considering what Skeet Ulrich's character wants to do to his love interest in that movie, I'm kind of surprised that you wanted to be in that role. You know what? If that's the way you got to go, that's the way you got to go. <laughs> You're telling me that if if Rose McGowan was like, yeah. I'm going to sleep with you, but then I'm going to kill you, you wouldn't think about it for a solid two minutes? I honestly don't think I would. No, the, the words <laughs> "I'm gonna kill you" would kill the movie. Well, for she's me gonna try. Lord knows she might not succeed. I am not Sydney Prescott. She will absolutely succeed. <laughs> like I'm, I'm fat. I can't run. Like I'm I, fat. I can't <laughs> run. I'm still gonna. I'm still like, gonna. I'm not gonna be donkey kicking Rose McGowan down the stairs. Like, like that's not gonna happen for me. So, <laughs> so no. I I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that yeah, no. If it's like a praying mantis situation, I'm gonna say no to Rose McGowan. Listen, I don't have a lot of faith in myself, but I'm gonna give it an honest shot. I'm gonna <laughs> like. I'm like, listen. The pros outweigh the cons. If I die, what have I lost? <laughs> I would argue <laughs> <Taxes>. everything. <laughs> I've lost taxes. Uh, no, we are anyway, not. We are not talking about screen today. Today we are what is talking that number about three now. Someone keep count. We need to start a drinking game. Every time I say, but anyway. But anyway, I, I know if you're in the car, please take, take a out sip your of, flask. Of water. If you're in the car. <laughs> no, if you're in the car, you should absolutely be drinking alcohol. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Do not drink and drive. New it enemy is of this podcast. I dare. Know. No, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Mothers Against Drunk Driving. <laughs> they didn't like us anyway. <laughs> um, we are talking about another equally gay movie as Scream. We are talking about The First Wives Club. Yes. This is definitely a movie that made us gay. This is a movie that makes everyone a little gay when they watch everyone. it. Everyone. <laughs> I think if you have ever seen The First Wives Club, you're a little bit gay. If for no other reason than like, particularly I, I, I would argue as, as a woman identifying person, um... Chris, who is Diane Keaton's <laughs> lesbian daughter, is, is I'm a lesbian. A what? Is a lesbian, not but that's not actually. What this has. 
<laughs> is not the hottest woman in this film. It is totally Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn looks amazing despite all of the the plastic surgery getup. Yeah, the 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 like because obviously Goldie Hawn in this movie had not had Correct. plastic surgery, but they had done. Good morning, Muhammad. <laughs> Good yeah. morning, Muhammad. Do you yeah. know they actually injected her lips with saline to do that? I believe that. Isn't that fucking nuts? I'm like, that sounds like hell. She said it was very painful. I'm sure it was. That's that. Kind of- and I was like, you know what? Props her. I think Goldie Hawn is an underrated actress because she's been such a like sex symbol. Mm. People kind of look at her and assume that she is just oh, no, this attractive she's, person. She's an incredible actress and she has amazing comedic timing. She has amazing comedic timing. She is a, an excellent actress. She's so well in the mo- like anyone anyone out there who's listening who went to school for theater is like yes yes she is so like in the moment like the scene in um in the bar when yeah. she's like Sean Connery is unique's mother yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Monique's mother she well no she, she the first unique? two times she says Monique oh, okay. but then she gets like slurrier gotcha. and slurrier right. and the third time she goes Sean Connery is unique's mother no I and she's I, like no you, Sean Connery is Monique's boyfriend, boyfriend. because he's <laughs> 600 years old, but he's still a stud. And then she starts crying. Yeah. But that's kind of the beauty of her as an actress is that she has this moment that's like really funny. But then on a dime, it turns, it turns. and becomes yeah. this really amazing moment as an as an actor. And that's why I have so much respect I mean, for Goldie Hawn. So many of my favorite moments in this movie are Goldie Hawn. Like uh, yeah. If, I think that the single best joke in this entire <laughs> film is completely wordless. <laughs> there, there's a there's a part where she's she's talking to I can't even remember her fucking name the the the, the kid that Bill is dating now. Um, Shelly. Yes, yeah, Shelly. No, Wait. no, Bill. Oh, her, her oh, guy. Uh, yeah. uh, Denise, something like that. I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter. But um, oh, fuck. Why can't no, I think of her name? I just had a no, stroke. No, it's the I'm Monique. And you can be my mom. And, <laughs> and she hugs she has her. The, but Goldie Hawn. Her name is okay, Phoebe. <laughs> but, but Goldie Hawn makes this face as soon as she hugs her. It's like the one eye twitch. It's just like one twitching eye. And it's just like. It's, it's like Louise Belcher. The most perfect cartoonish kind of face. And like it's subtle, but it's so noticeable. And it's just. I. It's the perfect joke in that moment, and nothing happened. It's like you the know? faces that are made in the conversation at the restaurant when they're like, separated. Separated, yeah. Separated. Mm-hmm. And then you see Goldie Hawn just laughs, but she has the cigarette yeah. in her mouth, and she has the inflated <laughs> lips, and she's trying to light the cigarette, and she's like... <laughs> and it's like, it's literally like a cartoon character. It is. It's so good. Elise, Elise is a cartoon character a little bit. Elise Elliot is... Such an amazing character. But I will also say that one of my favorite people in the entire world who has ever existed on the planet Earth <laughs> is in this movie. Yes. The one and only Divine Miss M. Yes. Bette Midler is is so fucking good in this movie as Brenda. Like, one of the best characters ever. <laughs> Again, another sort of, like, wordless... Mo- because Bette Midler is a very... Wordy. She's almost like a contemporary Mae West in in every aspect of her life. I but particularly think, like the 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 mannerisms, especially in her voice and the way she talks. It does yeah, seem a bit Mae Westish. It's very like sexy and sarcastic and funny and and a lot of like double entendre. Mm-hmm. And that's in her general persona. But in this movie, 
uh, there's a lot of that that is exemplified, and there's also moments like when they when they break into the apartment and they're in <laughs> Shelly and Morty's bedroom, and she just like throws herself <laughs> on the bed. <laughs> it's so good. I just I love everything about Brenda. I think she's such a. I think I kind of identify with that character. She basically is like she is something that. Pissy Miles definitely came from is is Brenda because there's that like fighting with your weight, finding yourself beautiful, kind of self-deprecating, but also kind of loving yourself mm-hmm. situation. I And that I think is something that uh, resonates with a lot of queer people who watch movies like this is seeing these strong, flawed women. Wouldn't you agree? I absolutely agree, especially since I think it's kind of funny that you said that since actually um, I read the the novel that the movie is based on. I've started reading the novel, but I forget why I I got distracted and never finished it. Okay, well, spoiler alert. Brenda is a lesbian. Is she really? In First Wives Club. She's the one who comes out. Hmm. Um, She ends up dating her divorce lawyer, who who is a woman by the end of the book. And we kind of get sort of her realizing. How does that tie into the theme of the book, though? Well, Morty leaves her. And we kind of find out that one of the reasons she was with Morty was because she didn't kind of know, not that she didn't know any better, but that she's been repressing this part of her for a really long time. And she just Mm. kind of took the first guy that came along. Oh, I see. And Morty is not like the nice one in the books either. He's not, he's he's not like the nice guy. I mean, not that Morty's a great guy in the movie, but he's at least clearly, he's clearly a good guy who made a really stupid decision. Yeah. Yeah, I think over the course of the movie, he he you you kind of see him come to the realization that he's made a terrible mistake and he tries to make up for it by the end and I and I think they do a really good job in the movie of showing that Brenda did everything she did because she's still in love with him yeah. and that he kind of had to go through this journey to that, rediscover his love for her. Yeah, that they had a good marriage. He just he had a midlife crisis and and fucked up. And fucked up bad. Yeah, fucked up bad. And yeah. we're not making excuses for that. He fucked no. up. But uh, I think that is definitely kind of an interesting plot point for her. I never would have. Yeah, no, that's that's the way it originally goes. I think the reason that um, Diane Keaton's daughter in this one is gay is because it's because of that. Brenda. I, I think that's I think that that's directly linked. I think huh. that that's why she's gay. That's really interesting. I'm a lesbian. A big one. A big one. <laughs> No, I want to tell him sometime good, like Father's Day or Christmas morning. Like I cannot tell you how I, as a as a as a queer woman, how much I loved Chris. I mean, I think any queer person loved Chris. Like, like, it's just like, yeah, girl, go get it. Like, hell yes, like yes, make him cry. (laughs) Like, I will also say, I think one of the things that's so endearing about Chris in the movie Mm -hmm. is that. She's very, and especially for the time, she is very unapologetically yeah, gay. And totally open about it. Like comes out in the first, like the first scene she's with Diane Keaton. Yeah. And then from that point on, it's just a fact of the movie. It's never really addressed. Like. And there are subtle jokes about there, it, but I, are, I never find them to be homophobic. No, they're not homophobic. I, w- I would argue, especially because like you kind of see during that progression of Diane Keaton's character coming to terms with it because mm-hmm. she's shocked at first. But is also going through all this other shit. And then kind of over the course of the movie, like every time they interact, she's a little cooler with it. Yeah. And she she has that line at one point. I can't remember exactly what it is. But she's like, she's talking to Elise and Brenda yeah. when they first meet. And she's like, I'm seeing, you know, uh, 
we're, we're both seeing a very talented therapist and you know uh, we have Chris and lesbians are very well accepted these days and it's like yeah. she's very like, like everything is that they're, they're like yeah. what is happening <laughs> she's going through this this psychological moment no, and they go to a gay bar Leah Delaria is in this movie Leah Delaria is in this movie one of my favorite people and so many of my favorite people are in this movie yes during it's that Stalker Channing Stalker yeah. Channing uh, Bette Midler Goldie Hawn, Diane Keaton, Maggie Smith, Maggie Smith, uh, so many fucking amazing Sarah Jessica, Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker, fork. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think that I think there are so many elements of this movie that make it a queer movie. It's not just the obvious queer representation yeah. in Chris. Uh, it is the fact that they end up in a gay bar yep. um, with one of the best lines. <laughs> That's just like me and Morty. Huh? My Morty, look. She's butch. <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny. I wonder if that was a throwback to the novel now, too. It might have been. Huh. I don't know. That's really interesting. I mean, it's possible. If nothing else, like, my, I think my favorite thing about the gay bar scene is the fact that Elise starts dancing. Yeah. <laughs> because it's it's not... You're never supposed to feel like she's being threatened, which no. is not a usual way a movie deals with a straight woman being in a lesbian bar. No. Like, she's clearly having fun. She's clearly into it. Like, she's she's having a good time. She's, she's not going to sleep with attention. anybody, but she's no. having a good time. And she's enjoying the attention. And she, uh, like, I, I think it's important on a, a few levels. She is enjoying the, the sexual attention because mm-hmm. she has spent... Up at this point in the movie, the entire time feeling unwanted and sexually unattractive yeah. because of her age. And now she's in a place where people are celebrating mm-hmm. her looks and her age. And I think that that's very appealing to her. But it's like you said, she also is kind of in this situation where uh, it, it could be one of those, oh, thank you so much, but I'm really not interested. She's just like, all right, let's have a good time. Here we yeah. go. And that was so unusual. And you're at not the time. supposed to think that Leah Delaria is being creepy when she offers to buy her a drink, which was no. like a really nice feeling in the 90s to watch a movie where that wasn't the case. Yeah. And as, and I wouldn't be surprised if if that was a big part of why Leah Delaria was the person playing that role because Leah was such a strong force for gay people in America at Doing the time. Doing that amazing Italian butch dyke sneer at the end when she's getting dragged away from her. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking, like, I love it. Like, <laughs> Looking like she's about to call a hit out on their family. Yes. Uh, she's going to call Uncle Carmine. Uncle little, Carmine. Little does she know. He's so conflicted. He does. <laughs> he's like, what do I do? Uh, yeah. Why does Uncle Carmine sound like Bernie Sanders? <laughs> Maybe Uncle Carmine was Bernie Sanders. He's gonna kill well, Elise. He's gonna kill Elise and Brenda and Annie. Well, he'd never and then Brenda. he's gonna get them the best health care they ever had. <laughs> I'm gonna shoot you in the leg, but the doctor will be free. <laughs> Let me just tell you one thing. Just tell you one thing. One thing. He'll be free. <laughs> this is huge. Yes. We love uh, Bernie. I feel the need to point out. I know. This is we all loving lovingly done. Uh, yes, this is a loving impersonation yes. of Uncle Bernie. Um <laughs> I, yeah, how did we get Uncle Joe but not Uncle Bernie? I don't know. I'm like, we could really use an Uncle Bernie. We really could. I like the idea of an Uncle Bernie. Um, yeah, I do, and, and the thing about that gay scene is, to me, 
a lot of people, I think these days, tend to forget this movie came out in 1996. That was two years before Matthew Shepard. Mm-hmm. It was two years before Will and Grace. Yep. The only gay... Homosexual sex was still illegal in many parts of the United States yeah. when this came out. And the only gay representation on TV at the time was Ellen. Yep. And she had been canceled for it only a yep. few years earlier. And so not that this was a, a made-for-TV situation, but you ha- you ha- I, I'm actually almost surprised that they didn't have no, Ellen in the movie. And it was, it was very progressive for them to talk about homosexuality in the way that they did. Yeah. And like, for this movie to be so celebrated now. Yes. But uh, to be fair, a lot of that is probably from the queer community. <laughs> well, how can you not love it? Though? I mean, it's one of those things like you mentioned Stalker Channing before. And like, this is the this is the weirdest part of this movie for me is like for 90 percent of this movie, I am like laughing so loud. My sides hurt. Yeah. But that first 10 minutes with Stalker Channing makes me want to cry every I know, time I watch so it. Sad. It's so sad. It's so moving. Like, there are portions later on, like, when they're fighting, where, like, looking at even Elise, Brenda, and Annie, Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's heartbreaking to watch them break down. It it strikes this really great chord between being uproariously funny and truly honestly touching. Like, you you really have some empathy for them. Like, it's it's a strange thing to see in a comedy. Yeah, I think 100%. And... It's only kind of <laughs> exasperated by the scene at her funeral, wouldn't you say? Yes. Um, <laughs> Which is one of my favorite scenes of the movie. Like, I know. For Maggie Smith alone. <laughs> uh, your lips. Oh, and your lips. Yes. Uh, yeah. And one of my favorite moments in that scene is that you have this very solemn scene but then you have the moment where Brenda is talking to Duardo yeah. and she's she's like oh look at him he's already saddled up with some 10 <laughs> year old and and he looks at her and he's like he's like Brenda be sensitive you have no idea what Gil is feeling right now and then it cuts to him like stroking her yeah. his his new girl's nipples yeah, <laughs> like, it's like it's like you have these really great moments of levity in an otherwise kind of devastating situation mm-hmm. but that I think is why this movie resonates with queer people is a, this movie came out. I don't want to say in the middle, but kind of uh, in, in, in the vicinity of the AIDS epidemic. And so you have what I have always kind of described as like finding the, the peace and laughter mm-hmm. because that's been a very gay thing is finding the levity in a very, very dark situation. Gallows it's, humor is a very queer thing. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> queer thing because we've, we've faced so much hardship as a community and continue to face hardship as a community that if you if you can't find the laughter in these situations, it's like you'll just succumb to them It's because it's so heavy. And that's why I gave the TEDx talk that I did mm-hmm. because it's like, you have to remember to keep finding the humor. It's what it's you have to kind of meld it together. Weld it, meld it. Either one. Melt it. They both mean similar things. It would work either way. I'm I'm so okay. sorry. I'm just like <laughs> I'm not, my brain is You're not fine. on today. Uh but you you kind of have to take the humor and the uh solemnity and and put them together and try and find this weird hybrid that you 
can push yourself through with, you know? Yeah. No, I think um, I think First Wives Club also touches on another thing that I, as, as, a, as a queer person, like about it a lot is the whole point of it is it's these three women who have essentially been kind of removed from society by virtue of no longer being married. Mm-hmm. It's it's we've taken you out of this like you're not part of the world anymore. Yeah. And I think as a queer person, I identified with that sort of outsiderishness very Absolutely. strongly. So watching them kind of take their power back is a very satisfying arc. <laughs> exactly. And in in so many ways, because like you said, there's the idea of them being kind of quote unquote spinsters in that they're of a certain age and they're not married anymore. And uh, the idea of them not feeling attractive or knowing where they fit in society, like you said, it kind of, there are so many parallels to the queer experience of like, how can I be attractive if I am in this? If I am this sort of default undesirable category. At exactly. Large. Yeah. How, how can I be an attractive person if I'm not what I'm supposed to be? Right. And that I think is something that queer people still to this day struggle with is is body image. Even even because of stereotypes that have been created by our community. Yeah. Um. And so I think that finding power in that, like they do in this film, is something that inspires queer people. Because by the end of the movie, they all have kind of come to terms with their situation and are thriving in it. And it gives it gives young queer people or not young queer people hope that they have that they too can find kind of this this joy and peace with themselves. And also do amazing musical numbers. Which we do regularly. Usually. Often not on stage. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had that moment where where Goldie Hawn just the and I love to be young like like, like really loud like that's another one of my favorite moments in this movie. It's just there, there's a hundred little moments with Goldie Hawn is really what it comes down to. Where Gold, I'm just like this is the best. Thing I mean, ever. especially the fight. Oh yeah, between her and Brenda. <laughs> is there chocolate inside? No. Look, it says I beat Meryl. <laughs> Which I was so mad that people got upset with Jennifer Lawrence when she right. said that because it was so clearly a, a reference to this reference. movie. And literally the entire straight uh, community like, like did not get it. Oh and God. all the gays were like, like no. idiots. It's a movie reference. And it was like the smartest thing Jennifer Lawrence has ever done. And I know. I love her to death now. Listen, I loved like, her before. I will love her after. I think Jennifer I Lawrence love her is too. a national treasure. But... <laughs> That moment was like, oh, we would be best friends yeah, if we knew each that, other. That, that was kind of my like, <gasps> she did a First Wives Club joke and she did it. She did the perfect First Wives Club I joke. Know. And literally like the the moment we all wish we could do, but we will like, never seriously. win a, glo- a Golden Globe <laughs> or an Oscar. And I, I just desperately want to make friends with someone who's won a Golden Globe so I can do that. Is there chocolate inside? Bit. Is there chocolate inside? Like that's all I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is that there's one line in that in that scene uh, that growing up, I had no idea what she was saying. And I was damn near 30 years old before I realized what she was saying. And it's when um, when when Goldie Hawn picks up the award and she's like, Brenda, this is a golden globe. It's sacred. It's trademarked. And she throws it. <laughs> I never knew she was saying trademarked. I was like, what the fuck is she saying? <laughs> She's speaking gibber. I mean, she's drunk. Yeah. So it's like, she's, I was like, I have. Oh, look. All empty bottles. 
And Gallant Jug. <laughs> I had guests. Who? Guns and Roses? One of the most iconic I can't believe I got to lines. do the Bette Midler part. I know. I'm, so I'm a little Sorry. upset, but I'll forgive you this time. Uh... It is one of the, uh, that scene is one of the most quotable scenes in the entire movie. That Like like when, when Annie kind of interjects. I feel almost bad. I feel like we haven't talked about Diane Keaton like at all. I know. Poor <laughs> Diane Keaton. Who is amazing in this movie. And she she's so is. Great. And like one of the beautiful things about Diane Keaton in this movie is I think Annie is one of those characters that could really be just super irritating. Yeah. If it was handled by a lesser actress. And oh, Di- yeah. Diane Keaton manages to keep her likable for the whole thing. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you get the, I'm sorry I ever met you. And I'm <laughs> With sorry I allowed myself to love you for all those years. I'm sorry I did nothing but be there for you every minute of every set day and support you in your every <laughs> As Marsha Gay Harden just stands there looking like someone, hit, like, like Medusa's there or like someone opened the Ark of the Covenant. And she's just like, it's <laughs> <"That's> amazing. <laughs> I know. And uh, poor Annie kind of gets the, she spends so much of the movie being meek that, you know, she doesn't get as many of the iconic lines, but she's often the setup for so many of the iconic lines, like in the fight scene, when when they're like, Annie, you have to choose. Who's it going to (laughs) be? Some Beverly Hills science project or a woman with her own aisle at the supermarket? (laughs) She does have one really good one, though, and it's at the very, very end. But it's Aaron told me that he's ready to return to a loving and committed relationship. I told him to drop dead. I know. (laughs) And it's like, I love it. It's great. (laughs) Oh, I I do love Annie as a character. And obviously, Diane Keaton is is freaking amazing. I loved her. And I know you're not going to agree with me. I loved Uh her in The Family Stone. I don't actually have that strong an opinion on the Family Stone. I'll really, be, I'll be honest with you. Like, I think I saw like half of it once. I didn't watch the whole thing. It, I mean, it's all of my favorite things. It is a sad Christmas movie. Yeah. it's like <laughs> it's, it's like it's like the, I'm gonna cry into my tinsel. I, exactly, and uh, for the end, they play Judy Garland singing. Have this is why I only Christmas. watched half the movie. Oh, it's oh, it's so good. I mean. I don't I don't remember the last time I watched it. It's not a movie I would like turn on every Christmas for the feel goods. Yeah. But uh it is definitely something I, <laughs> I love her for. I love her in that movie. But kids, I am sad to say we have reached the end of the mini sode. I actually am sad because I could have quoted First Wives Club for another like 20 minutes. I mean, we probably could have started at the beginning and just done the yeah, whole movie like, if we had wanted to. <laughs> we didn't even touch on a lot of Maggie Smith's lines. I know. Maggie Smith had some amazing lines in this movie. She does have some amazing, amazing lines. Amazing moments. Jackie O had one just like <laughs> Bing! Bing! <laughs> we didn't get to talk about Duardo really at all. Duardo the whole Philly. sequence with them on the window washing fucking I know. scaffolding. So... I have an idea. Why don't you guys let us know your favorite moments from the first Wives Club and we will share all of them. We yes, will just on we Facebook, will, on Twitter. Yes. Every single one. Uh and we'll try and find clips of them. Let's see if we can find some clips to share. Sure. I'm down for that. Yeah. Kids, I hope you uh I hope you are enjoying today as much as we are having gotten to talk a little bit about one of our favorite queer movies, and I am calling it a queer movie. <laughs> it is a queer movie. It's fine. <laughs> uh Please remember to uh, enjoy. What am I talking about? I don't know. I don't know. I just I just f- fell into like an 
Oprah Winfrey rabbit hole. Go home and watch the first Wives Club. Yeah, please go we'll home and watch the first Wives Club. <laughs> Let us know your favorite moments. And we'll be back on Thursday. Yes, we will be back on Thursday for more uh, My Spooky Gay Family. So until Thursday, stay spooky and remember. You think just because I'm a movie star I don't have feelings. Well, you're wrong. I do have feelings. I'm an actress. I have all of them. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Elon, and this episode contains clips from The First Wives Club, distributed by Paramount Pictures in 1996. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Dual Productions. Barbara Dual.